All right, so should we just start it this way again without the intro music? No. Ah! He's called King Ezekiel. What? Yeah. King Ezekiel. (laughs) And, um, he does his own thing. See? Uh... What does that mean? Well, here we are. Yeah, I uh, I forgot to say that Ezekiel has a tiger. Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Karen. This is the Walking Dead cast episode two thirty eight. Woo! First, I want to thank everyone who's supporting us through our new Patreon uh, account or campaign. There's some really cool rewards on there. If you want to find out more about it, go to Patreon.com/slash Jason and Karen. Thanks for supporting us. So, I just got back from Walker Stalker Con. Do you want to hear a little bit about it? No. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, uh, the the best uh, there were two huge highlights. One was the listener meetup, which was really cool and met yes. a lot of you guys. And uh, we FaceTimed you and Karen, but we couldn't mm-hmm. hear a thing you were saying. So was that just how was that? Was it really weird or? Yeah. Well, I was saying so I was so funny and profound, and you'll never know. <laughs> You just take my word for it. <laughs> Did you record it? You no, know, oddly I didn't. <laughs> but it looked like you guys were having a great time. And it was really fun to see everybody's happy, smiling face. Yeah. That was kind of great. I, it made me really sad and homesick for Walker Stalker Con. It's the first <laughs> one I've missed in Atlanta. And it was really sad. I wanted yeah, to be there. I wanted Everyone... to teleport you over there. It was fun because I had, you know, I called you on the phone and I'm like, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. But then I would just, without anybody even, or some people didn't know that I had you on there, I would just shove you in their face and go, look, it's Karen. And then you'd see <laughs> them get a little confused and then their face would light up. Oh, Karen. <laughs> Start waving. Is that what you <laughs> so were doing? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so how was the whole thing? Uh, well, I, I just wanted to mention we got some really awesome gifts from people. Um, what? Robin Daly gave us these glass carvings. Yours has Glenn on it with your haiku that you made up for him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Isn't that great. That is so wonderful. And oh, Aubrey, so I met happy. Aubrey Churchward and Laura Hughesy. Oh my god! And they were I love awesome. those people. I know they were so cool. And they, she, Ari gave me some zombie books, a zombie book for uh, Nico. And then I got a <gasps> bullet necklace from a guy I can't remember his name, but I think it's Pete. Nice. But anyway, cool guy. And then we got some whiskey and a cool flask from Allison, Carrie, and Jessica from the Dead Connection. Oh, 
But I like whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'll give you some. You have to come over here. Yeah, but okay. There, uh, there were uh, too many other cool people to mention, but I had so much fun talking to all you guys and uh, Rima, especially. We were hanging out at the party mm. later on, this big party, and going around and mingling with everybody. Super fun. And Grace, oh, of great. course, she was there. Yay, and Gracie. It was really good to hang out with her again. It had been too long. Yep. And and we dunk we videoed Duncan in too. He didn't even know it was happening, but I just called him and then shoved him in people's faces, and he loved it. <laughs> well uh, done, sir. The be- the panel that w- it was the best, one of the best panels ever was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, was it? Yeah, I was nervous because you know our podcast sure. was all raw and heavy last week, and. I knew a lot of people were really upset about the episode and people had been sending him death threats, I heard, and he looked kind of shocked by it. He knew there was going to wow. be a reaction, but he didn't know it would be like as bad as it was. I guess there's like videos of people just, I'm going to kill you, you know? Oh, God. Yeah. So. Oh, he's an actor. People, it's fake. It's all fake. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was try- backstage, you know, I met him and it was, he hadn't been, it was the first panel in the morning. He hadn't met any of the people yet, the guests or you know the people the attendees yeah and uh yeah. i was like hey man how you doing I'm, I'm monitoring this panel are you ready and he goes I, I oh i own any stage i walk onto but i could tell he was just kind of trying to psych himself out uh, psych oh. himself up you know and uh it's gonna be great and so i i was before the panel i was like i don't know if i should i had a bunch of jokes but i'm like it it might be too soon for that but as soon as he walked out on stage <laughs> the crowd went nuts it was like oh. 4,000 people, totally full. So wow. it was him and Nicotero, and then James and I went out. And the first thing I said was, all right, I want to get 11 volunteers up here kneeling down on the stage. And everybody <laughs> laughed. And I was like, thank God. That could have just made everyone in this place hate me. But <laughs> the mood was right. And so throughout the rest of the panel, like James said something. Oh yeah, I knew right off the bat that I would like it. and I'm like right off the bat, you know, I would just make these puns. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he liked it, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But it wasn't just that. He was just really interesting and he was fun and he he cussed a lot. He used a lot of profanity because James said it was okay. So he was going in and out of the Negan character and kind of wow. having fun with it and you know, it was a really good vibe, so it kind of uh took the sting out of of the what happened and everything. So anyway, nice. it's a great panel. Did you hug it out afterwards? He was really happy afterwards, you could tell. And we did our picture on stage and he had Lucille mm. and he put his arm around <laughs> me and, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. And then he turned around and bashed your head. <laughs> no, but I'm going to play that. Uh, I got the audio, so I'm going to listen oh, to it. But it, nice. if it's good, I'm going to play it as an episode this week for you guys. So that should Excellent. be coming out in a few days. That'll be fun to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You should listen. And then uh, just a couple other highlights. Went out to Nick and Norman's restaurant in uh, Sonoy. You know, oh, um, how was that? Greg Nicotero and Norman Reedus. It was nice. It was real classy. You know, it was uh, some of Norman's, I think, photography up and a chandelier. Mm-hmm. And it was just a uh, cool, hip kind of a decor. And it was not, no zombies anywhere, which is I thought was really cool. It's like, yep. we don't have to have zombies everywhere. No. Although there were some awesome no. zombie t-shirts and I got one. And that was with Chris uh, Fairhurst from Talking Dead Podcast and yeah. his wife, Christina. And we nice. went to the dumpster and we went to Terminus and <laughs> Alexandria. Did you scamper under the dumpster? <laughs> Actually, the dumpster was not there, but there was an outline of Nicholas's body, which I laid down and 
posed for a photo. I in. saw the picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that was really fun. The last thing I wanted to mention is I did one with Michael Emerson, who played Ben Linus. Yes, a hero of mine. He was fantastic. Very was he? Very thoughtful about all his answers and yeah, generous. And and people would ask like, "So what's the smoke monster?" And he would give an answer of what he <laughs> thought it is. <laughs> oh, excellent! You no, know, he wouldn't just like blow off anything. He would really try to give a reasoned response to everything, which was cool. Oh, then I saw okay. him at the bar later during the meetup, <gasps> and uh, just walked up, and I'm like, because I heard him say uh, somebody said that he thought it was going to be more people because it was called a panel. And so yeah. I walked up and I'd already had a few drinks and I was like, it wasn't really a panel, was it? And he's like, oh, well, you were up there. So I guess it sort of was. And I'm like, I don't count. <laughs> and then we started talking about person of interest. And I don't know, just I, I don't exactly remember, but we were talking for like 15 minutes and just having a good time. And he's really nice. So that was That's cool. so great. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. He's wonderful. Yeah. If you would have been really there, is. that would have been so much fun for you to get to talk to him. It would have been a highlight for sure. Yeah, because he's so nice. Yep. So those are the highlights. There's a lot more. And in fact, when we do our first call-in show later this week for for patrons, if you guys want to ask me about that, I'm happy to talk more. But I don't want to spend too much time on it on the main podcast. I'm so glad we're going to talk about it on Friday because there's so many things I want to ask you about. Okay, cool. Come uh, join our Patreon uh, group. Yeah. Listeners and come and join us on Friday. Everyone who pledges at any level gets to go to those, by the way. Oh, it's going to be good. All right. Now let's get into the reason why we're here. Attention shoppers. Deadcast top five in five, four, three, two. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5 this week. It's our Top 5 Highlights for Season 7, Episode 2, The Well. Yep. So what'd you think? I loved it so much. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I gave it 4.9 out of 5 brains. That's the same thing I I gave last week's. Uh Uh-huh. We flipped. I bet we flipped. What'd you give it? Did you give it a 1? I'm a 1, yeah. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) You liked it too. Don't lie. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was. I was wondering if you would think I really didn't like it, but I I loved it. No way. Because it's too (laughs) wonderful. It was a wonderful beauty, especially after it was a bleak episode last week. And so especially in comparison. Mm -hmm. It was. And we got to see the kingdom. And, uh, you know, it was everything you hoped it would be. (laughs) Even more than I realized it was going to be. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was like a whole world opened up. It was fabulous. And I really, really (laughs) needed it. So, yay. They knew that. I mean, well, that was another thing during the Jeffrey Dean Morgan panel. I asked Greg, is it going to be this dark for the rest of the season? And he's like, that's a good question. And then he just started going on and on about this week's episode because he's afraid everyone's going to leave, right? Right. And, uh, so he was happy to talk about it. And I was just sitting there thinking, oh, good. Maybe Karen will stick around a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? If they throw me a bone like this episode every once in a while, yeah. I'll be happy. Oh, tried- this is a major bone. Mm-hmm. I tried to get my it's funny one of my co-workers who I love named Justin he was traumatized by last week's episode and I said uh-huh. to him today I'm like hey did you watch 
the latest episode? And he said, no, I'm still processing last week's. And I said, no, really, you should definitely try to, you know, watch this week's episode. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And he's like, well, no, last week's episode was really hard. And I'm like, it's okay, this Justin. This will make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. But he looked shell-shocked. I mean, he was traumatized. He watched it by himself, yeah. which I think is a mistake. Well, um, I read, I don't remember the exact numbers, but the premiere got 17 million views or somewhere around there on the first night. And that's the second most views of any episode so far of the series. Wow. And uh, season five, episode one was the the highest so far. Mm -hmm. But it's still impressive to come. It was like 300,000 views away from that. And after the ratings had gone down a little bit in season six. So that's really impressive. But then... Episode two last night had like 12.4 or something, which is still (laughs) great, but it's the (laughs) sharpest drop between episode one and two since the series started, I think. Oh, (laughs) and which is so bad because this episode, that's just really too bad. This episode was so good. I hope people come back to it and stick to it. Yeah, word of mouth, hopefully Mm -hmm. we'll get them. But that is still a good number, 12 point whatever. But uh, I just want to say, so I thought it was really good. It was, it was really fun and it was funny, but it wasn't just that it was emotional and uplifting and it was interesting thematically. And there were some great zombie sections, really good. Yes. Character driven. There's some new, a lot of new stuff to sink our teeth Mm -hmm. into. There was some cool tense stuff with some of the saviors. Yep. Um, I thought it was one of the better episodes. I I give it a 4.8. I also mm-hmm. think, you know, I was worried, um, and I'll talk more about this, but it, it, I, 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 part of me needs to reserve judgment on the kingdom because it's kind of hokey, but I thought they handled it really well in this episode. So right now I'm pretty optimistic about it, but I think, I hope looking back that this actually isn't a jump the shark moment for the show, <laughs> even oh, though right now is, I'm really high on it. Wow. That's really funny <laughs> so, because we'll the part that I thought where they could have maybe jumped the shark and I know no none of our listeners will agree with me, but uh, and you won't agree with me either. But the part that I think that they may have jumped the shark was actually um, Negan uh, repeatedly bashing in Glenn and Abraham. Uh, afterwards, that's exactly the phrase that I thought of was like, "Oh my God, the show has jumped the shark. They have mm-hmm. they have absolutely gone too far." But this episode helped me to come back to it. So it's funny what what people think of as you know. This is like I, I can understand point. why you would say that for sure. And, and if you remember that the one criticism I had last week was that maybe they went too far in that direction yeah. with the gore and, you know, just showing for too long. So I, I, I get that. All right, let's get into the top five. You go first. Okay, so I'm going to say long live King Ezekiel. <laughs> Woo! Carrie Payton. Oh, my goodness. Is this he did man- such a good job. Is he wonderful to watch or what? Mm-hmm. His voice is incredible. I know he's a voiceover actor, and so his voice is his thing. But man, even the part where he was talking to Carol, and uh, he went from being King Ezekiel to just being Ezekiel. Yes, that was the best. <laughs> yeah, his voice changed. His voice actually changed, and not just... The words he was using and he was, he, he, his whole tone changed. And I was thinking, this man is amazing. He's so good. And, you know, what's not to like about King Ezekiel? Um, he's a shining beacon of optimism and hope. And mostly I love 
that um, he found a way to deal with the bad by, as he said, going a little overboard with with the with good. All the good, yeah. Yep, yep. And I loved when Carol said, uh, "Why do you care?" And he's like, "Because it makes me feel good." Right. When he said that. I I felt the warm fuzzies. I have to admit. Oh, yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, oh, yep. we need a guy like that around. I- I tell you, I cried a little bit in this episode, and I didn't cry last week. Last week, I was stone cold, uh, grumpy, and mad. And Even during week- the Sunday dinner? Nope. You didn't cry? I thought it was touching. I thought it was lovely, but I my heart was hard at that moment. It was moment. all closed up. And this week, my heart opened up, and I was like, all right, baby. <laughs> I love you. He has a tiger. I mean, he has a tiger. And for, I love the... From the start, he has Carol's number. I mean, totally. You know, as he said, uh, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, and that was the best. A few minutes into meeting her, he wants her to take a pomegranate, and he describes the pomegranate as being sweet fruit surrounded by bitter, but well worth the effort. I mean, <laughs> it's Carol in a nutshell yeah. right now. Which and is, the, in some ways, they're two peas in a pod because right, they're both bullshitters. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're not this, quite the same. They don't quite do it for the same reason, but they, they can sniff each other out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's not exactly. too hard to sniff him out, I would say, which that's one maybe flaw in the episode is, is this really the first time anyone has ever said, come on, dude? <laughs> but uh, I guess no, people, prob- are, people are hoping probably not. For- yeah, and maybe they're just grateful for somebody to be a leader. And it sounds like yeah. as a leader, he's actually um, he's seems doing to be good, making yeah. it work. Yeah, he he's, uh, I'm telling you, in my opinion, this is the best place so far. So far. And he keeps, yeah, yeah, he keeps his people just safe. Wait. Just wait. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? The, the thing that I'm most worried about Mm-hmm. Is that our people uh, will gonna fuck it show all up, up? Are gonna fuck it all up like they <laughs> fuck everything up? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's good point. I didn't yeah, think about they, that. I'd they, say that's have, highly likely. Yes, yes. In fact, he should just probably single... let Carol go. Right. Keith Morgan. Think about it. Herschel's farm. How's that doing? Oh, not not too well. That wasn't their uh, fault. The the. Mm, Zombies stormed the farm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. Um, the prison, uh, Woodbury. I mean, yes, you're right. Extenuating circumstances. I would say people. probably the people who maybe should be the most wary are the Alexandrians. Yes. Rick really messed that place up. But yes. then they tried to paint it that all those zombies would have gotten out of the quarry and run them over anyway. So Yeah, I'm sure that exactly would have happened. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, so we learned that that uh, King Ezekiel uh, has a background in community theater, which is also pretty fabulous. Yes. I just, uh, I just, I just love him. Yeah, it's pretty lucky all the things that came together. That he had a background in community theater. That he was, a, and that he was a zookeeper with a close relationship with a tiger. That he plucked a thorn out of his paw or whatever it was. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Anything else? About Ezekiel? Nope. I think Carrie Payton did an amazing job. He was at Walker Stalker too, but I didn't, I didn't get to meet him. Uh, did my, you do a panel? No, no. We, we couldn't do a panel with him because he hadn't been on the show yet. Yeah. Next time. My number five is the intro, which uh, yeah. coming off the darkness of last week's episode, I was, well, I knew that this, this week was going to be lighter. 
So I was like waiting for the a comedy. That's what Nicotero said. Oh, it's closest to a comedy as anything we've done. But it started out really dark and yes, creepy and un- it wasn't a comedy. unsettling. And uh-huh. I loved that because I don't know if they did this on purpose, but it felt like a nice transition that yeah. if we'd started off right in the land of Oz, it would have been kind of more jarring than it already was. Right. But not only did I like that it was a transition, but I just thought it was awesome. You know, with Carol in that cart and unconscious and then woken by zombies eating the horse, which is really sad. And yeah. she's a little out of her mind the whole time seeing them as real people. Yes. Creepy. Yeah. And we I don't think we've yeah. really seen that too much. No, we haven't. By the way, they used five sets of identical twins for that sequence. Why would they use twins? Because some would be in the zombie makeup. Uh-huh. And, then, and somebody being mm. in uh in somebody being in street clothes okay. or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then the music was really intense and when uh, my favorite was when she saw the creepy lady in that window in the house beckoning for yes. her and then it, her shoulder got in the way and then it's like the zombie. Oh, <laughs> she so later cool. kills that that woman. You're right. She goes back and all right, I'll kill you and stay here. Okay. And then uh then <laughs> thanks there for were the invitation. more creepy Zeds. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. You're the one who asked me to come in here. You should know what you're going to get. Um, more creepy Zeds coming in from the forest. And, and, they're, and when she sees them, they're kind of blurry. And um, one had cobwebs all over it. Yes. And one had like fungus or mold. And then the horsemen come in and start chopping them all up. But she's sort of looking from like inside a tunnel, almost like she's in and out of consciousness. And then this is all in the cold open before the credits. And then by the end of the cold open, they're staring at this dude with a tiger. And it's yeah. like, okay, this is going to be a different kind of episode. So I, I really just enjoyed how they eased us into that. And yes. they're kind of like, psych, it's not going to be that dark. There's <laughs> some sunshine coming around the corner. All right. And I thought that with Carol seeing them as people, I think the point of that, at least one point, was at least for a while for us to wonder if this is a hallucination. Uh, yeah. It's sort of Wizard of Ozzy. Yeah. You know, the whole thing. Yeah. So I think we were supposed to sort of wonder about her state of mind and whether she's just dreaming about this tiger and this kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the great and powerful Oz. Yeah, exactly. Who's behind that curtain? Yeah. It's some zookeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I have to call out one one zombie in the cold open that was amazing. The one that they sliced from the top to the bottom of his head. Yeah. Sort of, and his face kind of peeled down. But you could still see his uh, mouth hole and his eye yes, holes. Yes. Like that, the holes. Yeah. yeah. That was that pretty was damn cool. Pretty, in, pretty inspired there, Greg Nicotero. Exactly. That's innovation, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps us watching. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Number four. My number four is the choir singing yeah. Bob Dylan's, uh, our Nobel laureate, 1963 song, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. And I thought it was a beautiful music montage. It was so great because the song fit the tone and the lyrics were just perfect. It's a song that that uh, my parents had this album when I was a kid and and they played it a lot growing up. And so it's a song that I really love anyway. The minute they started, I was like, oh, they're singing a Bob Dylan song, which is actually the second Bob Dylan song that they've had on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. After season the, one. Mm-hmm, the, the season finale. 
TS-19. So I, I, I thought it was just really beautiful how it sort of flowed through showing Morgan teaching Benjamin um, how to do Aikido in the gazebo mm-hmm. and Carol thinking about escaping and then, you know, her stealing She's stuff. She's there with her arms folded, like crossed like a petulant child in her room at first. <laughs> Right. And the song is so pretty and it's so full of, it's so sad and it makes my heart ache. I thought it was really beautiful, you know. What's interesting about it is it's all about somebody who's leaving somebody else. And Uh it's like, I'm too dark for you or or something. And then he says, "And, and and it ain't no use in turning on your light, babe. I'm on the dark side of the road but I wish there was something you would do or say to try and make me change my mind and stay. So there's that little bit of like, I wish you would do that. Yeah. And that's what happened at the end. You know, she, she, and maybe that's sort of hinting that Carol actually, some part of her does want to be brought back to yeah. the fold. She doesn't want to go off yeah. and be a hermit, you know, come yeah. on, convince me. <laughs> right. And, and maybe King Ezekiel, kind of maybe he got sort of halfway there because he did he did she left without three yards down the road (laughs) she's a neighbor (laughs) yeah it's pretty nice she's the weird hermit lady down the street (laughs) 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 which isn't too far away so (laughs) she smiled at him at the end too yeah she did sweet Thanks for the pomegranate, baby. (laughs) You and your you and your tiger can come and sit with me on the porch. (laughs) Okay, my number four is there was a lot about optimism versus pessimism versus realism, fantasy versus reality, stuff like that. Uh, About like whether life is worth living in the zombie apocalypse, or are we just kidding ourselves? And how much is it okay to go ahead and kid yourselves, or if you want to put it in a different frame, just think of things positively. And I've thought about this kind of thing my whole life about positive thinking. And, you know, to a point it's, I think it's bullshit. And I actually hate when people, other people bullshit about things like they're saying things is a certain way just to kind of hype it up. But I know they don't even really believe what they're saying. You know, I don't like that. But I also, on the other hand, think that your mindset is, incredibly important to how the quality of your life turns out and your, your experience, you know, the mindset that you bring into a situation has a huge impact on your experience. So it's, you have to sort of navigate those two things. I don't ever want to be false, but I also don't want to be an Eeyore and, and have these self-fulfilling experiences of sadness. (laughs) So, so Ezekiel is on this extreme side of let's, let's just make a play out of this world and it's working miracles. And I, you know, I mean, I was inspired by the guy. So um, like you said, he found a way to deal with, with the bad by going a little overboard with all the good. Yeah. And it seems like he's kind of the only, he's the only one that's assuming this persona. Nobody else is um, giving a the Elizabethan speak. It's true. It really, it really is him. Um, and you know, and he gives a great explanation for you know how that happened. He didn't intend it to happen. They built this whole mythology around him, and he's like, "All right, the, you know they what? They seem to want a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, and, and it seems like it's working. And he has a point that people do want to feel safe, and they want, yeah, they want to have a good leader we we do yes. we in this country right now we want one right right 
But the, what doesn't totally sit well with me is, well, for one thing, you can tell, you know, I think he was actually happy to meet Carol who didn't go with it because when she said, yes. you're a joke and that's when he, or at least really quickly after that, he leveled with her. And I don't think he yeah. levels, He maybe he's leveled with some people, but probably not that many. And it made me feel like, oh, you know what? I think this guy is actually kind of lonely because... I do believe that he believes in hope and that mm-hmm. he cares, but I think he's also putting on this mask every day and he doesn't get to show his real self. And yeah. with Carol, they sat there and shared a real moment together. And now yeah. I think he's in love with her possibly because of it. <laughs> and same thing, you know, she got, he got past her facade too. And that's really special. So that is more important to me than pretending like life is okay. Even when you don't feel yeah. like it is, is just being real with people. But I think, yes. you know, like I said in the beginning, it, it is good to have a good mindset. So anyway, that's just yeah. what that all got me thinking about. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's it's funny too that you say that. I'm going to talk about my my number whatever we're on. Um is that scene between Ezekiel and Carol mm-hmm. and how, you know, he finds her. I love that she's in this garden and it's like a garden of Eden and she's there picking an apple and and she learns more. It's like the tree of knowledge that she's just picked. It's just Awesome. I love the writers. And I love the fact that he's his authentic self with her and he and and being his authentic self with her gives him a different kind of power and it gives him a different kind of authority than the one that he has with the other people there. And um and that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. When somebody drops it and is their yeah. real authentic self with you, it's intoxicating. It's it, amazing. It is. And it's vulnerable too and it's scarier. And yes. that's why like Carol, yes. she's like she said, you know, out there is real and I've been to places where I thought I wouldn't have to where I could just be so I think that's what she's looking for she's so used to having to put on a a face or at least feeling like she has to even before the apocalypse that and that's what I wanted to ask Melissa McBride on her panel how I think her character is you know she's had to play these roles with her husband and even as a mother and that's all been stripped away and now her arc is for her Carol to find out who she really is and it's still ongoing, you know, she still it is. hasn't. She's on a path, yeah. man. Uh, so what do you think was her place when she said, um, I was, I thought I found a place where I could just be. Do you think she means Alexandria? No, I think she means on her own. Oh, that's why yeah. she keeps trying to be alone. But she wasn't I alone think, for long. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, she was for a while, but I, I don't know for sure. But that's what I thought she meant. But I think, you know, being together with other people is is scarier and and uh, riskier but it's also more rewarding yeah yeah okay where are we now well i was saying uh, so my next whatever was that scene yeah was that scene between king ezekiel and carol and i just um i just thought it was it was beautiful and that's really all i wanted to say about it yeah it was it was really good and that feeds into my number three which is the kingdom when it came along in the comics mm-hmm. and he was speaking in this, like you said, Elizabethan talk and he had yeah. a tiger. Yeah. I was like, this is really hokey. Like, I don't think I like this. I, it feels like a jump the shark moment for the book. And, um, they kind of, if I remember right, they just kind of backed off on it after that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But 
I think the show handled it actually much better. It took something that, that could have been a weakness for the show. And I wasn't even sure they would go there, but they just went there big time. But, but they did a lot of little things that for me made it work. Um, they, and mitigate the hokiness. They, for one thing, used it as an exploration of this theme that I just talked about, whether the hope and positive thinking at this level are yep. good, you know, yeah. whether it's okay to have a fairy tale. Also, they had Morgan kind of talk embarrassingly about it right in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he has his own way of doing things. You his know? Own, so he has his own thing. It, it was an acknowledgement that they knew we were going to feel that way, or at least maybe not you, but some of yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, then the, I, I so loved Carol just doing her thing, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, if I, I would have combed my hair if I knew I was going to meet royalty. And then as soon as they go outside, <laughs> she's all, are you shitting me? <laughs> I, I saw this, by the way, with 500 people in the big hall at Walker Stalker. And uh-huh. that moment just cracked everybody up. It was so oh, funny. That's so great. And she calls it a joke, you know. It, so it was good for them to say what some of us were thinking to acknowledge that it was kind of hokey. Uh, and then to sort of make the argument for it. Well, maybe the contradiction is the point. Maybe people need a fairy tale, stuff like that. I also yes. think it was great to have Ezekiel fess up at the end. So we didn't have to live with that facade for too long. I don't know if it would have worked for many, many episodes. What do you think? Do you think it was too soon for him to do that? No, it's perfect. Sh- shift into his real No, persona. because it was important that 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 we invest in him and the way that we're going to do it is for him to let down these, this whole persona for a minute and let us, let us see who the real guy is. And I feel invested and in love. (laughs) Yeah, me too, actually. And I like that he was talked about his community theater and it kind of made it make sense why he would have the skills to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I I feel like I know that guy. Like, oh, yeah, that's my friend, you know, and they they do community theater. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know so much fun. Yeah. Uh Uh, The other thing that redeemed it for me is that it came on the heels of Negan. And I think this episode wouldn't out of context, it wouldn't have had the same impact. We really right. needed it right now, you know? Right. <laughs> so right. it's the perfect placement for this episode to have the most impact after last week. Exactly. And I think it's important, too, because Negan was, in a way, sort of tangentially in this episode, in that they, um, Negan's guys came yeah, and, and right. uh, they did the shakedown. But clever for the um the folks of the kingdom to realize that you don't do it there you do it at some other location far away mm-hmm. or however far away it is and you i love the big middle finger to the people the saviors in that they you know they get the the pigs to eat the zombies so their whole their bellies are full of rotting meat and at first i was wondering what the heck are they doing is that really how they work things there at the kingdom and then we find out later it's all for the people hmm. in the in the sanctuary ha 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 ha, ha. F we, you, man. we still don't know whether tainted meat has any effect but, it probably um, doesn't but it i just uh, and maybe they know that it doesn't but it's still a big it's you an know F you. <laughs> yeah it is. i don't know i think they're trying to at least find out i it seems like they're trying to poison them but we'll see oh, if it works brilliant they should do that they should do more of that yeah oh, they should put real poison should... in there 
Uh-huh. You got to do it subtly so they don't understand that they're being poisoned. Ooh, that's clever. Yeah, that could work. So there are other reasons why I think that this this episode worked, the, ho- the kind of hokiness. I like that the show varies the tone and this was a huge variation. I love when shows yeah. do that. And this was really yeah. funny and uplifting. And I love that they have a choir and they have movie night. Yeah. <laughs> really yes. Funny. The music even was kind of medieval style too. So mm-hmm. through a lot of it when it wasn't, uh, it was, there was also a lot of Morgan theme music from here's not here. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. It's a lot of the same kind of music that, they, that was in that. Episode. Oh, when he was sitting next to her, when she was, um, asleep on the bed and he was sitting next to her looking at her. I remember that moment. You're right. Mm-hmm. So, even though they did a lot of things to redeem the premise, it still it still seems like it might be too hokey to me for this show. And Ezekiel seems a little too weird and too silly. And I'm not sure I believe that everyone would go along with it. I, I, I mean, I think I would believe more that he might be able to get people to follow him just because he had a tiger if he just acted more like an authority figure or a badass than he really felt like, but to be a a king with Arthurian speech, it it does feel a little dumb to me, but I felt really good watching it. So I just kind of let that go. And I mean, it's there enough that I'm mentioning it now, but I'm kind of reserving judgment on it. Okay. So, uh, so we'll see. I mean, I loved the episode, but I just hope, like I said at the top, looking back, I hope this wasn't like a jump the shark moment. Right, right. <laughs> so we'll I don't think okay. it's going to be. But. Um, right. but let's take a little break before okay. we go to our number two and talk about Fracture. Fracture is our longest time sponsor and one of our favorites. And we love the people there and we love the product, which is uh, you get your photos printed on this pane of glass and they look amazing and they the color just pops and they're really light and they're ready to hang up on your wall right away and we just did a makeup contest zombie makeup contest with them at bestzombiemakeup.com so you can go see all the entries it's over now and stay tuned and we'll announce the winners some point soon they get they each get an extra large fracture but i just thought it was really cool how many uh great makeups there were i forgot to look i'm gonna look right after we get done recording check it out but uh a new listener, Carl Simmons, sent me two fractures that he got. I actually met him at Heroes and Villains, and he was telling me about his wife because she's Asian, like my wife. And so he has some uh, half Asian, half black daughter here that's the cutest little baby I've ever seen. Is that the picture and that you sent me? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's cute. He's got one of his wife holding his baby, their baby. And these two pictures are they exemplify the two different things I usually talk about with fracture is they can help you preserve a memory, you know, or just something from your life that you want to be reminded of, or they can just be a beautiful picture that you took. And these are both. Yes. You know, he's got one with a little baby holding both of their fingers and uh, you can just see their hands and the baby's got yes. this big smile and she's looking straight into the camera. It's oh, gorgeous. She's so cute. <laughs> so I can totally see why yeah. he would want to have this up on the wall. And just looking at these really makes me happy. Oh, it's wonderful. So you, you guys go find yours and go to the website and upload them and just see how they look and see if you want to get one of these. Uh, Fracture has great customer service. They have a happiness guarantee. 
they really want you to be satisfied. They're really proud of what they do. They're, all their fractures are handmade in their factory in Gainesville, Florida, right here in the U.S. The holidays are coming up quick. So yeah. you better, if you want to jump on this, because I know, you know, because they do put a lot of care into it, and they're, they're not going to come over the next couple of days. It might take a little while. So uh, it's a really special thing to give someone on the holidays. You really make someone smile. If you want to check it out, go to fractureme.com slash podcasts and select Walking Deadcast on there and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That's fractureme.com slash podcasts. Thanks, Fracture. Thanks, Fracture. All right. So my number two, well, we already talked about the kingdom, but the kingdom is my number two. And I thought it seems like it's such a, it's such a cool place as we see Morgan wheeling Carol uh, at the very beginning, we see them go past gardens. There's they're gardening, and the gardens are so clever. They go past what look, looks to be like a little school, and the school looks really cute. And horseback riding lessons. There's a little kid uh, getting a horseback riding lesson in a ring. So great! And now apparently there's Morgan teaching Aikido in the gazebo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just fantastic. And something that you might see on Pinterest today, I'm telling you, I want to steal this idea. They had file cabinets. And because in the zombie apocalypse, you really don't need to file anything. Let's be honest here. In fact, you can probably take the paper out and use Unless the paper. Unless you're a terminus. <laughs> right. In which case, it's very <laughs> you important keep to keep track of all those body parts. You got to keep track, man. <laughs> have, the, have the clipboard. Um, but they turn them into planters. And they're so flipping cute they just i just thought oh my god that's fantastic so um and and another thing about the kingdom that i loved is i love that they ride horses and they wear armor and they use spears a spear-like weapon i don't know what Mm -hmm. to call it for lack of a better word i'm gonna call it spears but that seems like a really smart use of resources Uh, gasoline is not infinite in this universe Although it does sort of seem to be like it's infinite. Yeah. Bullets seem to be infinite also. Yeah, this feels more like what you might think they would be, right? Having to rely on nature. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At this point, you better go back to a more agrarian society where you're growing your food. You are using horses to get around, and uh, but you also are having cobbler for every meal, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And you have movie night. I was thinking that. I was thinking about that. Like, how exactly are they achieving movie night? I don't. I like. Are there? Are people acting out The Godfather in front of people? I mean, <laughs> what, what's movie night exactly? I do not know. Do they have a solar panel panel that you know projects? I don't know, but it seemed very interesting. Maybe they've hooked it up like uh, Gilligan's Island style to um, a sort of a bamboo bicycle, and uh, they're generating power that way. Anyway, yeah. I yeah, just I, I assumed it was something with like a generator, um, but. Everything else sort of points to it's probably people acting out Star Wars or something. <laughs> but we were joking the other day we should invent hamster wheels for kids uh-huh. Uh-huh. that can power their iPad. So if they want to play iPad, they have to power it up. Yes. By running in the hamster wheel. Yes. Yes. Or a bicycle. Patting, patting. Whatever. Yeah. There you go. Hamster yeah. wheel would be more fun to look at. <laughs> Especially if you could put them in a little hamster outfit. 
(laughs) Last night, trick-or-treating, Nico was Spider-Man and his friend uh, Teddy was a stormtrooper. And Teddy's little, like, three-year-old brother was a traffic cone. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so cute. It was the cutest thing ever. Wow. Okay, my turn? Love me some Halloween. Yeah. All right. My number two is Morgan and Ezekiel, who just seemed the more I was organizing my thoughts to kind of go together because I feel like they're kindred souls. Yeah. 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 They are peaceful as much as they can be. Right. And when Ezekiel stopped his guy from fighting with the savior, he de-escalated the situation. And uh, I thought that was really cool. Yep. Of course, every time something like this happens, then... Next thing you know, someone's getting their head bashed in. So that's next week. But don't worry. Now. Our people will completely bring this peaceable kingdom to it, it, its knees. He Ezekiel even said, where there's life, there's hope, which I think is a direct quote from Morgan. Yeah. And I liked how Morgan was suspicious that Ezekiel wanted him because he saw him kill that guy. But Ezekiel said no. And, and I also liked that after Morgan killed that guy, that he still lives by the stick kind of. Yes. And when Ezekiel asked if the stick had saved him, I think Morgan was happy to realize that he still felt that way. That's yeah. that's what I took from it. He was like, yes, you know, or yeah. So that was a nice feeling like, oh, yeah. good. He did. He's not like totally giving up everything that we've come to like, that you and I have come to like about him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And also I liked when he said, your skill with the staff. How did you come to acquire that skill? Morgan said, was a cheesemaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear him say that. Yeah, that's a, and the best explanation ever. <laughs> you remember, for a long time we were like, "What, what the fuck? The cheesemaker? I think he said a cheesemaker. That can't be right." <laughs> and the listeners are like, "No, it's peacemaker, you idiots." <laughs> well, who's the idiot now? <laughs> Still us. <laughs> I also thought it was appropriate that he brought up cheese in this kind of cheesy episode. Oh, look at you making that connection. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that he's still carving his little hobo symbols into things. Like, yeah, you know, well is. into the mailbox post. Yep. Which I don't think I understand. Well, do you think it was sort of a symbol for Rick and, and company oh, that, maybe. that maybe this is like a path that I'm on and, and you can follow me and I, or who knows? That's a good question. I don't think that's ever yeah. really I, been completely really answered. Know. Yeah. Which is interesting. I hope not. I, a little mystery that goes yeah. over seasons like that is great. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when Ezekiel said to the zombies, may we one day cease you all from this curse. Till then know that we live on in your place. <laughs> Full, <laughs> festive, faithful, and free. And then Richard says, only halfway free because we know that the saviors take half your stuff. Right. Right. But they found a way to gather these pigs that maybe they you know pigs are roaming free so maybe it's not costing them a lot my favorite thing yeah i guess not um because you'd think that the other uh people in the kingdom would notice if half their stuff was gone but yeah. uh it was interesting well the guy the savior guy said next week is produce week so produce uh-huh. so they, <laughs> maybe uh-huh. that's the humor that nicotero was referring to Oh, come on. There was a lot of funny stuff. The When she takes the knife and then takes the chocolate. Remember that? <laughs> she reaches she over does. and grabs the chocolate too. She does or, like chocolate. Yeah, okay. That was funny. And she and that was after she had said, 
oh, put up a piece of chocolate in front of me and it's yeah, it's going to go by. Or when she said, you're shitting me, right? That was, right. that okay. was, I mean, there were, I think there were a bunch of funny, it was at least a, kind of funny. But uh, what was else was I going to say? Um, yeah, I mean, my favorite thing that Ezekiel did, though, was when she said, why do you care? And he said, because it makes me feel good. Yeah, mm. that was really nice. A good moment. Yep. I mean, I worry about him because ultimately I think if you're faking your way through life, it's not going to serve you well for the long term. That's my own personal <laughs> feeling about it. He's only faking his language, really. That's it. That's the only mm. thing he's faking. It seems to me is the is the language that he uses. Yeah, um, and, and he's and he's also keeping the savior's shakedown scheme from most of the people in the kingdom. So, yeah. but that's probably good. Um, he he he's smart actually to keep that from them strategically because if people started to get pissed off that these guys were taking resources from them they might want to fight and he knows that that would be a losing battle yeah they might like all band together and go let's go kill them in their sleep right yes because that (laughs) would be a good move rick (laughs) etc what's your number one my number one is carol as played by the amazing and apparently elusive (laughs) <laughs> and mysterious Melissa McBride. <laughs> uh, she's incredible. And while some might find her current journey puzzling, and I've even read that some people find it kind of annoying, I think it works. I mean, Me who too. wouldn't who wouldn't be mentally messed up at this point? I mean, really. Yeah, you lost your daughter. Yeah, exactly. And her her pain feels and she's had to kill so much. Her pain feels real to me. And she didn't it, have to, but she did. <laughs> That's <my laughs> oh, you're thinking of Dave and Karen. Yeah. 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 No, I was thinking actually when they thought that they had killed Negan and she killed all those people. Yeah. I mean, she's just killing so oh, many yeah. people. She, and she, she, she kind of got Sam killed. I, I mean, that was totally indirect, but I just thought it was awful what she did. She, she yeah. scared the shit out of him and then he choked. Yeah. Because yeah. of it. So yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised right. if she She's felt some regret. responsibility for oh, that. Yeah. And I'm sure she feels responsibility about what happened with Lizzie. Right. I mean, yeah. at least if not responsibility, guilt. Yeah. You know? And trauma. Yeah, She's trauma. as much as anybody. She's going through a lot of stuff. And. Melissa McBride gives the character depth and layers that a lot of the other characters just, from my point of view, just don't seem to have. So the the amazing Melissa McBride has got to be my my number one. And it was fun at the end when she when she chose to stay but not stay. And um, <laughs> it's so it's so great. I love I love that like she's their neighbor. It's yeah. Great. So it'll be fun to see. Yeah, yeah, I, I dug the ending, and I think Melissa McBride is such a great actress that, you know, they could have killed off Carol at a number of different points, but they've kept her, and when you keep someone around, you have to, especially on a show like this, you have to figure out where their character's going to go and extend their arc somehow, and they've done it with Rick, too, and right. I love what they've done with, with her. It, like I was saying earlier, it feels like, she lost everything that made her who she was and it was a 
it actually shaped this mask that she was wearing. So it wasn't really who she was, but it was who she pretended to be. It made her who she pretended to be. And then she responded by just retreating and being coming really hardened and becoming a killer for a while there. And some people just thought that was amazing. Yeah, right, <laughs> Not right. Me. But now she's sort of coming back to being a whole person, more of a whole person. I mean, she's I just so. like the doors cracked open for that, you know, yeah. and that Bob Dylan song of, well, maybe I would like you to try and convince me is like yeah. the very delicate beginnings of her oh. coming, becoming more of a healthy person, possibly. That's I what I think. you're right. <laughs> I like it. Well, my number one was also Carol. So I'm not going to go over anything else, but I'll just go right into my notes. Do it, man. So there was a new intro. A lot of this stuff at the beginning was the same. Andrew Lincoln over Rick's gun and Norman Reedus over the vest with the angel wings. But when they got to the end, Elena Masterson, I think she's new on there uh, on the credits next to Uh this old boat laying on the um, forest floor, I think, on its side, which I don't know why. What does she have to do with boats? But okay. Okay. Then Josh McDermott with in machinery, uh, I think probably because he's making bullets. Okay, good. Some kind of a, yeah. Then there was Christian Serratos and a broken window of a house, which I don't know what that means. Maybe she feels broken <laughs> after okay. Abraham. Then yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan with a burning furnace with an iron in it. and uh, That makes sense. Yeah, and then there was a baseball bat handle in the frame too, which that's pretty much makes sense. Hey, Lucio. <laughs> sure, sure. So that was it. So there's like a little it. couple additions to that. Uh, I wrote down some of the other funny things. Carol's face when she first sees the tiger. Yeah. It's <laughs> hilarious. She's just frozen yeah. like like a deer in the headlights. What? Yeah. There was uh, when Ezekiel's right-hand guy presented her with a bowl of fruit and said, yeah. it's fruit time. For some reason, I just thought that was <laughs> funny. <laughs> I got to tell you, Jerry is my new favorite character next to King Ezekiel. He's fan-freaking-tastic. He's played (laughs) by a guy named Cooper Andrews, and his smile is fabulous. He said some fun lines, too. He did. (laughs) Then there was the whole lunch cobbler thing. (gasps) There's cobbler at lunch? I don't even know how to handle that. <laughs> There's cobbler at every meal. I wonder if that would just make you sick of cobbler. You'd be like, fucking cobbler I know. again. God, God people yeah, yeah. make something else. <laughs> well, there's different kinds of cobbler. There's peach cobbler. There's nectarine uh, cobbler. Is there pomegranate cobbler? Pomegranate, Probably. of course. <laughs> but I was wondering if she actually was kind of losing her shit about that because it was just so Martha Stewart and she couldn't handle it. But she just yeah. then took the opportunity to grab those clothes. I'm just, I'm just so overclumped. Can you get me a tissue? <laughs> Thanks, dear. And then uh, the whole, what's that saying? Never bullshit a bullshitter. I thought that was kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. So lots of funny things. A couple zombie things. Uh, you mentioned the one where he got his face uh, sliced off. Also, yep. at one point, one of the guys says, "Lots, uh, you shoot a machine gun in the woods and nothing. You cough in the city." And it was just interesting to me because there were a lot of zombies yes. around in the city. I like that. That. The yeah. cities are still dangerous place to go. Right. That's cool. right. Where's more people, man? It makes mm-hmm. sense. More people, more zombies. Well, what about, we didn't really mention Shiva, but I thought Shiva was beautiful. Yes, they did right? a great job <sighs> with Shiva. Loved her. I love that Carol initially calls her Shiva. And they're like, nope, Shiva. Want to hear my <laughs> lion roar? Do it, man. There you go. 
<laughs> That's funny. Lions kind of sound like zombies. I know. Huh. It's weird. That's weird. Uh, when Carol woke up next to Morgan, it kind of, the first time she wakes up inside the kingdom, it reminded me of the pilot when Rick, Rick woke up in Morgan's house. Oh, yeah. Handcuffed to his bed. <laughs> um, what else? I feel like it's more and more clear to me that they did this cliffhanger instead of showing the death last season because they didn't want people left in that state of mind all summer. And, and I, the more I think about it that way, the more I think, even though they took a huge hit for, you know, leaving people uh, wanting all summer, I think that was better because if they already lost 22% of their viewers within a week, I, I don't know, a summer might've really just, soured people on it and they knew that instead they would just have a week and have this show to help okay. cheer people up maybe yeah maybe <laughs> yeah that, that you're right that might be if you're right if i had had all summer long to sit with that episode i would have been like all right yeah maybe we <laughs> yeah. should think about covering right west that's World. a good point <laughs> 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 Woo! hey i have a couple notes okay too. good so uh, I love Jerry's line. Uh, if you need me holler, I, I keep in hollering range. Deuces, mm-hmm. deuces, which I think is so funny. I love that. You know, flash people with peace signs. Hey, deuces. <laughs> so cool. Also, the Talking Dead um, says some other things that were kind of great, including that it was filmed at a decommissioned military base owned by Tyler Perry, which is hilarious. <laughs> and um, the name Shiva for the tiger. I was thinking about that. And in the Jewish faith, Shiva is what happens. It's the seven formal days of mourning after somebody has died. And in Hindu faith, Shiva is a deity. Shiva is a destroyer as well as a creator. And interesting that both of those things have to do with death mm-hmm. of her name. Hmm. Very interesting. I like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's I also have to tell you about it. It is. It really is. Shiva. Um, and a dog. If you have a dog or a cat, Shiva. Um, another character that I really enjoyed was the character of Benjamin. Uh, I loved his his little rant about I've read everything here twice. And he goes into his air conditioning text, you know, the number one problem of all HVAC systems, refrigerant links. <laughs> he's so great. And he seems to be a good brother, to a big brother to his little brother and mm-hmm. um, makes him eat his broccoli. And learning Aikido and asking Morgan about being a vegetarian. And he talks about, you know, I'm just fumbling through. Actually, I think Morgan says, I'm just fumbling through. Sometimes we change our minds. And I just like the interaction between Morgan and, and Benjamin. And I look forward to seeing more of him. So Me too. Yeah. yeah. I like that guy. Yep. All the guys in the kingdom were pretty cool. Yep. Even Richard. All right. Yeah. That's good. Let's take a little break. There's a lot more to come. Stay with us. Ain't it ain't no use in the turning on your light, babe The light I never knowed Ain't it ain't no use in turning on your light, babe I'm on the dark side of the road But I wish there was something you would do or say To try and make me change my mind and stay But we never did too much talking anyway don't think twice, it's all right. All right, we're back. It's time to talk about our next sponsor, and that's Wink. 
Yeah, so finding great wines is sometimes kind of tough, and that's why we've been telling you about our sponsor, Club W, and how they make it so easy to get wine personalized to your palate and delivered right to your door. And here's a little update for you. Club W is now called Wink, and that's spelled W-I-N-C. A new name and an improved look, but here's the important part. It's still the same amazing wine company introducing you to new wines you'll love. So I loved going to their website and I loved receiving the wines because it's kind of like you get a little present at your door and that's pretty neat. But really what I loved is that the wines taste so good. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the ones that I got. Me too. I've been getting some since we had them as Uh a sponsor. I got them while we were had them as a sponsor before and I liked the wines and some of them I loved. And then since then I've been using them and I found a couple more wines that I'm just like, Oh, these are the best. Oh yeah. And even my big brother who's a wine expert and he's kind of a harsh critic, even he really, really liked the wines. And so I was like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm in. So Wink works directly with winemakers and growers from all over the world to create delicious wines and deliver them right to your door. And Wink's 100% satisfaction guarantee means that if you don't like a bottle they send you, they'll replace it with a bottle you love, no questions asked. Actually, I haven't used that feature because I liked all the wines that they send me. And I don't just get sent random bottles. Wink is a personalized wine membership that recommends wine specifically for me based on the results of my palate profile quiz, which is really fun to take. It's on their website. Sure. I also mm, rate... Fun, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really fun. I also rate all the wines I receive from Wink. So I'll go back and I'll be like, yeah, that's the one I want. So that they learn um, with every order the kinds of wines I like. So... Sign up for Wink right now and gain immediate insider access to the best fine wines from all over the world. Find out for yourself why yours truly and thousands of other satisfied wine lovers are raving about Wink. The best part, Wink is offering our listeners $20 off right now when you go to trywink.com slash deadcast. They will even cover the shipping, which is amazing. That's so awesome. I know. Yeah, you get the you get fine wine. wine. Mm-hmm personalized to your palate, delivered right to your door. Try Wink and get $20 off and a complimentary shipping right now when you go to trywink.com slash deadcast. That's trywink.com slash deadcast. And I also have to say, Thanksgiving is coming up. (laughs) This would be a great thing. Stock up now for your wines. It will help you tolerate your relatives. Thanks, Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. There was an interview in Interview Magazine with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. A few parts I thought found interesting. They said, Can you tell me which was the most difficult scene to film of the premiere episode? He said, look, that whole episode was hard. And also because I did go through and smack everybody with Lucille at a certain point, everybody (laughs) took a hit. Uh, All of that was hard. It got to the point where I didn't want to do it anymore. Emotionally, I was completely drained. All of us were, I would imagine. They're all good people and I love them, the whole cast. So to keep writing them as hard as I was writing them in between takes, it was like, God, you've got to catch your breath a little bit. It was just so fucking heavy at all times. In the show that aired, there's no let up, and it was like that for 10 days for us. It wasn't just 40 minutes of it. It was 10 days of that every day, all day. 
good. I'm glad it was hard for you. It was hard for us to watch. Don't uh, don't say that. You're you're like the listeners who are. Well, I guess you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, why should I say that? You, you want it to be hard for him, not be easy for him, right? <laughs> but it was it was hard. Like I'm kidding. Those guys uh, were all pretty raw, I, which seems weird because they filmed it so long ago. But they seem different this time in Atlanta. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, they say looking towards the rest of this season, is there any, is there a particular aspect of Negan's personality that you're looking forward to people seeing? He says, I think that as we get to know him and see him in quieter moments, you'll see his charisma and his humor in a way that will be different than Lucille crashing into somebody's face, which I think will help. (laughs) It's hard for me to go, look, he's very charismatic and he's got this incredible wit to him when I'm killing people. I don't know if anyone's (laughs) ever going to truly look at Negan and go, oh yeah, I get it. There's a guy in there. That's awesome. That's the nature no. of the beast. Not that I'm going to make excuses for Negan, but we seem to forget as an audience and as fans of the show that Rick and Daryl and the rest of them killed probably 30, 40 of my men. Yep. And so far, yep. I've only killed two of them. Negan just That's did it with true. some panache. Laugh. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. Yeah. They killed a crap load of their people. Right. So, yeah, if you're if you're using mathematics to... Um, they're still way, way, you know, behind on the ask. Yeah, Negan has to kill 30 more of Rick's guys. That's going to be fun. <laughs> and that, I think that's about Yay. how many guys Rick has. Um, Andrew Lincoln was interviewed in New York Post. He said, the only cruel part of doing this job, apart from the weather in Atlanta midsummer, is the fact that you lose, <laughs> you lose dear friends. Stephen is one of my best friends, period. He's one of the founding fathers of this show. He was there in the tank when I first started when I didn't have gray hair and he didn't have any facial hair to lose him. Now it makes the prospect of returning to Atlanta and doing this job less enjoyable. When I echoed that sentiment to Scott Gimple, he said, that's the point. Unfortunately, that's the story we're telling. And then, uh, regarding new developments on the show lately, he says, we've got a fucking tiger. I've I've never watched an episode of the show, but the thing I've become a bit of a junkie for is whenever I'm feeling a tad down or tired, I go up to Victor, the head of our effects department and say, show us the tiger. And he shows us the tiger and it makes me very, very happy. (laughs) He's never watched an episode of the show. He, uh, I don't know if he's ever watched an episode, but he doesn't watch it. No. He just said, I never, I've never seen an episode of the show. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I've never watched an episode of the show. You're right. That's weird. Is that weird? Um, I think it's some actors do that. I know Ted Danson never saw Cheers. Oh, um, I wow. think that he likes to experience it in the moment and from Rick's perspective. And I think if he watches it, he feels like that pulls him out of it and it will change. He's afraid it will change or make him self-conscious or change how he plays the part, you know? Okay. And I think that's cool and I respect it. The only part that gets me about that is I feel like, oh, it's so weird that this guy that he's my favorite character and I, you know, I love his show that he doesn't even know what I'm, he doesn't really know what it is that I'm seeing because he's never seen it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. If that's what it takes for him to do what he's doing, then I say... Keep going. Do it. Yeah. Yep. Another interview with him in Entertainment Weekly. They asked, "How does everybody else in Alexandria react when Rick comes back and tells everyone about the new rules?" He says, 
aren't you entertainment weekly you can't ask me that i'm not allowed to spoil plot details no i'm just kidding he says <laughs> yeah, all i will say is that this is a rocky <laughs> road it's a shocking beginning to a season but it is the beginning of a season that's what people have to remember this is where we begin after the quake this season is about rebuilding and about characters dealing with the trauma and grief of this brutal attack, but also this new regime that they are now a part of and each react in their own individual ways. It's more Lord of the Rings than Lord of the Flies this season. I think he means that as far as just how the world's expanded, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. More Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So that's it for the news. Let's move on to Listen, Rolls, Groans, and Grunts. Brains. This first one comes from Jenny Berghofer, who writes, That was just the palate cleanser we needed after that after last week, I think. It felt good to laugh a little. King Ezekiel and Shiva are delightfully over the top, and Carol's reaction to them was priceless. Nice. Lynn Corso Malinowski says, I never thought I'd feel chemistry between Carol and anyone besides Daryl, but I totally buy Ezekiel flirting with her. Uh-huh. <laughs> she deserves to be rescued. <laughs> Morgan got her as far as the kingdom. Ezekiel will take her home, so to speak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I give her a pomegranate. <laughs> Dana Thorpe Patterson writes, digging the zombie fed hogs being sent to Negan's group. If they could lace some veggies with rat poison, <laughs> it might make a nice side dish. Mm, that is great. That's some good diabolical thinking there, Dana. <laughs> Robin Cooper Simon says, Carol was in fine form. I love that scene where you just see her reach out and grab the knife and the chocolate. I also <laughs> love the scene with her and Ezekiel because quite honestly, if he hadn't gotten real, I think he might have gotten annoying very quickly. Yep. It'll be very interesting to see what happens when all these groups collide and how painful it will be to see Carol react to the loss of Glenn. I kept thinking about how she and Morgan had no idea what their friends were going through. Yeah, totally. That was another thing I was going to ask her is how does it feel to be on the outside of all this fear over the, you know, what happened in the finale and everything in the premiere. Again, because, you know, she didn't experience Terminus like they experienced Mm -hmm. Terminus too. Laura Will Swink says the pomegranate being predominantly featured in this episode, which I can't believe would grow in the cold Northeast unless the kingdom has a killer greenhouse made me think of the myth of Hades and Persephone, where Persephone was forced to live in Hades six months of the year because she ate six pomegranate seeds. We know that Gimple likes his literary references. Could this be hinting at something? Yeah, and that's actually apparently the ancient Greeks um, had this whole myth about Persephone's being down in Hades for those um, six months to explain the seasons because when Persephone was away, it would get cold and dark and that was winter. Neat, huh? It's neat, but it doesn't map as far as I can tell, does it? I mean, that would make the the pomegranate assign a harbinger of something bad, which doesn't seem like it was. Well, the the pomegranate is also uh, apparently, supposedly in, in in Greece, you give pomegranates as a housewarming gift and that's like a traditional um welcome to your new home gift what does that have to do with what we're talking about well remember when he gave her a pomegranate well he likes his literary references it doesn't really have anything to do with hades and persephone but it just gimple liking literary references another one is that you give but is it a literary reference if it has nothing to do with the literature in question I mean, I guess there's a pomegranate in both of those, but is that it? Well, it's it? a cultural reference. <laughs> okay. How about okay. that? But that, that means that, yeah, I'm not really seeing the connection between this 
Persephone's story, but maybe I'm missing something. Well, maybe she has to be, maybe she has to be, maybe she's going through her six months in, in hell and then eventually she'll come out into the sunlight. <laughs> oh, huh? like a rehab center uh-huh. or something. She's kind going of. through a hard, hard time and it's a journey and then she comes mm-hmm. out and she arises to the Because it seems uh-huh. like she's already been through that journey and if the, in the story, the giving of the pomegranate seeds is the cause of her having to go through the journey, that means she's about to go into something even darker than we've already seen her go through. Help me, Laura. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can say. I think say. there's another letter about this later, so maybe we'll get some further insight on it. Um, Karen Shi says, not a thrilling episode, but still held my interest throughout. Don't know if the episode would have succeeded if Carrie Payton, Lenny James, and Melissa McBride weren't brilliant actors. Love that Ezekiel came clean to Carol from the start, though that scene ran a little long and got very on the nose. My heart ached to see Stephen and Michael's names removed from the opening credits. Still not over it. Sigh. I forgot to mention that part. Mm. Yeah, they weren't in there. Mm. I also saw Stephen Young, but only from afar because he had about a thousand people around him all weekend long. (laughs) (laughs) He is the dude. Robin Price Daily writes, I love, love, loved it. Maybe because I was watching it with several hundred others at the close of the con. Maybe because I watched it back to back with the first episode and needed the comic relief. Maybe because it was just uh, a, was a great episode. Love the comedy, love the king, and wow, the tiger, so well done. <laughs> That's pretty much how we felt. Mark Kirkman says, well, after last week's episode that I had predicted and still have friends yelling at me about... <laughs> that's funny the big fans yeah get you get your friends yelling at you why did you make me watch that uh this week's was a fun stray pretty much what i thought the writers were going to do this will only prepare us for next week's grim problems Mm, gabby marewa the walking dead at a screeching halt what is it with this show that gets you on a high only to drop you on your head what a waste of time wow (laughs) Gabby did not like it. Not everyone thinks the same way. Uh, Melissa Neal says, I likes this episode. I love Carol. She's one of the most complex characters on the show. That's what you were saying, Karen. King Ezekiel is pretty funny. I loved how he saw right through Carol's facade. I will say I'm kind of shell-shocked from last week still. I kept expecting a barbed wire bat to come flying out of nowhere in some of the slower scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Janelle Curtis writes, I did a bit of community theater. Oh, how I loved how fun this episode was. I... I love the idea of the king as that is exactly how my coping mechanism seems to function. We were truly given an escape this week, and I dread returning to the dastardly Negan next week. I feel the same way. Really? I'm I'm looking forward to it. Mm. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's going to... Like I said last week, I wouldn't want a season full of episodes that dark. But uh, I want to see what's going on with, with <sighs> Negan and Daryl and all that. Yeah, I think you're going to get your wish. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rima Joe says, I was so looking forward to this episode. I stayed up late after coming home from Walker Stalker Con to watch it, and it did not disappoint. After the premiere, this episode was needed. Love Morgan and Carol together, so hope to get more of that. When she swiped the knife and the chocolate, I laughed out loud. Don't mess with a woman and her chocolate. I also loved how Ezekiel <laughs> called her out on her BS act, obviously, because he's playing a character, too. I can't wait to see how all these worlds are going to collide this season. And if the first two episodes are any indication, this could be the best season yet. I think you could be right there. Yeah. It's so far. It's, 
hard to look away from the TV. Well, actually, maybe the first episode was pretty easy to look away, but you get what I mean. <laughs> Don't mess with a woman <laughs> and her chocolate. I'm just saying. It was words <laughs> to live by. Clifford B- Bayargen. I'm just making up these names for you. You are so making them up. Come on. Is there anyone who's named Jones? I'm excited <laughs> to see what effect the tainted pork will have on the saviors. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Randy Stevenson says, hard to get into this one. I just want to know if Glenn is alive. The whole thing with <laughs> Negan was filmed at such a weird angle. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, maybe Glenn's fine. Yeah. Why do they keep us waiting to find out? Yeah, it's mean. <laughs> Well, we have a couple of emails, but before we get to that, I will talk about our third and final sponsor, which is Distilled. Distilled makes stylish, comfortable luxury jeans at affordable prices. I wore mine at Walker Stalker Con on stage in front of 4,000 people for the Jeffrey Dean Morgan panel. And But I wanted to look good and I wanted to be comfortable and that's what these are. They I think they look great and they're a little stretchy and they fit me anyway just right. And they, they will also uh, let you send them back until you get the fit you like. So you oh, can find great. a pair that's comfortable for you and that look great too. Uh, Distilled has revolutionized the fashion industry by creating timeless luxury grade denim. So you get the jeans that would cost you hundreds of dollars, but they start at just $65. They do that by refusing to work with department stores or retail middlemen. So there's no markup. There's no bullshit like that. There's just great jeans at an unbelievable price. And you can find all about it by going to distilled.com. That's D-S-T-L-D.com and find the perfect pair with the perfect perfect fit they'll ship them to you for free and they have a great style they have a few t-shirts they have some jackets and jeans they only have a few things and the few things that they do they do really well and you got a jacket right yeah i love it too it's How so is well it? made yeah. too i haven't talked to you since then yeah it's very stylish what's it like and um it's black it's a bomber jacket and bombers uh-huh. are very cool, hip right man. now Yep. And it's um, black. It's a lovely material and it's super well made and it's simple. You can dress it up, dress it down. It's great. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, you can see for yourself why A-list celebrities have been spotted in magazines like Vogue and GQ wearing distilled jeans, but you don't have to be a celebrity or have a stylist or even pay $100 to look amazing. Distilled starts at $65. So just go to distilled.com slash deadcast right now to get $10 off your first pair. That's dstld.com slash deadcast. You get $10 off. So you could be paying as little as $55. That's five letters, dstld.com slash deadcast. And thanks to Distilled. Thanks, Distilled. Okay, email. Whose turn was it? I think it was Mine. Mine. Or you can have it. Whatever. No, go ahead. Okay, this comes from Scott Smith, who writes, Jason and Karen, great episode and certainly a nice change of pace from last week. Lost both my wife and daughter as viewers, they say, after last week. But they both tuned in this week because they had heard that the well was much gentler. My daughter says, however, that if they kill the tiger, she is gone for good. One question for you. Do you buy the story that Benjamin was told about his father's death by walkers? Or do you think that his father and others in the kingdom were killed by Negan and saviors? My money is on Negan. Oh, God. Great podcast. Keep up the good work. I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, now that you mentioned it, you mentioned yeah, it, you're probably right. Yeah, because uh, we know that uh, Ezekiel likes to paint a nicer picture, although being eaten by walkers isn't a very nice picture, but he doesn't always <laughs> tell them the truth. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably true. Mofevo says, enjoyed the introduction to the kingdom. Very different introduction for us. Up to this point, we've entered every new community with anxiety and trust issues. Very unique to experience a new community with Morgan already, quote, clearing it for us. Will be interesting if you and fellow viewers also felt safe entering the kingdom. Yeah, totally. Yep. Seems pretty friendly. I felt okay about Herschel's farm, too. The only thing about that was Herschel wasn't so sure he wanted them there, but he seemed like a nice dude. Eventually. <clears throat> you people yeah. have to leave. <laughs> I mean, he, the first thing he did was try to help Carl. Yeah. After, after he, he shot, shot him. He didn't shoot him. Otis okay. did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what is your hypothesis? She goes on. What is your hypothesis on Morgan's road slash directional markings? I know you discussed in a previous podcast that they were tied to some hobo railroad code. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't think there are people following Morgan. So is it for Morgan to know where he's been? Or do we think people are following him? Maybe there will be another Morgan flashback episode. I don't know. And I don't have any idea. <laughs> yeah. But may, if, it would be interesting if there was something more to it. Something like, is it for other people? I have a feeling he. it, it could just be for anyone I don't know though. I mean, ho the the reason why I don't even know if hobo is a politically correct word, but that they would do it for each other, right? <laughs> to sh to just tell any random hobo about whether this was a cool place to get food or something like that. You're being a hoboist. <laughs> you know, that's what it was about. It's like, oh, here you can get food here or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what the hobo code was all about. <laughs> and then she goes on. So, question of the day: Would you eat a pig that has been feeding on zombies? How hungry would you have to be? Hmm. Uh, I would hope that by two or three years in, you would have found out whether that was okay. Yeah. But if, if I didn't know whether it was okay, I would not eat it unless I was starving. What if you cooked it? Like really cooked it? What if you made bacon out of it? I would then... do that anyway. I mean, I wouldn't just eat a raw pig. No, you can't eat a raw pig. Yeah. But yeah. Arr. But if you if you cook it, maybe you cook the zombiness out of it. Maybe. Well, like I'm saying, I wouldn't want to test that unless I absolutely had to. Right. Maybe first you can uh, feed it to somebody you don't like. Yeah. Maybe who, they're just testing I that. Feed it to? I can think of a person. I don't want to say this person's name. Um, <laughs> I, I would eat grass before I would do that and leaves. Yeah. You'd be grass fed. <laughs> Free range yeah. grass fed. And then someone could eat me. What if you just <laughs> ate a zombie? Would you, would you be all right? Probably not. Remember what's his butt ate... Um, Part of um, wow! I'm really great with names. It's a skill I have. Remember, he ate his his leg, and he was like, "Ah ha ha! I got bit." Oh, uh, Gareth ate Bob's leg, and Bob yes, said, "Yes, at the Bob BQ." Yeah, that was that was an amazing scene. Um, I don't <laughs> think it would be good for the pigs actually to eat the zombies because. It's rotting flesh. That's poisonous. Even if zombies weren't real, if you're going to eat. A rotting corpse i think you're gonna get real sick you know what i think pigs have really strong uh stomachs so they can eat corpses maybe you're yeah. right yeah, yeah. i feel like ask... i'm i feel like i'm right without any uh facts <laughs> just on a hunch, just on a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's good enough for me let's move along 
<laughs> this next one comes from Cher Goodman, who writes, So excited to have you guys back this season. My commute just got much better. I wanted to write about something from this second episode. First off, the writing has grown much more nuanced as the seasons have gone on. I first remember being very impressed with the Tyrese episode a while back. This time, they pulled in some really cool Greek mythology. The story goes that Persephone, the daughter of Demeter, daughter of... Uh, goddess of the harvest was kidnapped by Hades, god of the underworld. While she was there, she ate six pomegranate seeds. No biggie, right? Well, Zeus finally got around to demanding her release, but at that point, it was too late. She had eaten the fruit of the underworld and was ob obligated to stay for six months, uh, one for each seed. Demeter was a little irked at this, so when her daughter had to return to the underworld to fulfill her obligation every year, Demeter got all moody and made the trees and plants die, thus creating the seasons of fall and winter. When Persephone came home, it's all butterflies and sunshine, and that's spring and summer. So great. So when Ezekiel tries to share his pomegranate seeds with the reluctant Carol, <laughs> I couldn't help but think that Hades on his throne looking down at Persephone. Fortunately, he was far less ominous. But the implication was clear, at least for Carol. She didn't want the fruit because it would uh, oblige her to stay. Maybe to replenish that metaphoric well, he kept talking about it. Because he kept saying, take from the well, give to the well. Replenish the well, like right, exactly. Well, yeah. Ezekiel's statement to her that she could go but not go was a perfect parallel to the story of Persephone. Ultimately, she goes, but then returns each year again and again. He mentions the contradiction of the pomegranate as well. It's sweet and bitter and so much work. It's the duality of the pomegranate, which makes it such a fantastic symbol for Carol. Her dual nature, inner conflict, and even now her physical circumstances of being there, but not completely there, all are embodied in that darn fruit. Thanks for reading this somewhat long email, guys. Have a great week. Looking forward to the show. Wow, share, baby. Yeah, that, was that was awesome. Cool. And I think Laura's probably going, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what I <laughs> said, you guys. But this makes more <laughs> sense. I mean, I think it's not necessarily saying that she's doomed herself to a life of suffering, but it's more that she's just obliged to stay in this place. And that's what this is a symbol of. So, yeah. But it could also mean that um, there's dark times ahead, which is a pretty safe bet for this show. <sighs> yeah, it's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Uh, Leanne Hicks says, hey, Jason, Karen, thanks for your words last podcast about grieving and why we started watching the show to begin with. I needed that. I was super emotional for two days after the episode, kept telling myself it's not real, but you do experience loss and grief despite the fictional aspect. So proud of you guys at Walker Stalker Con and how far you've come. So confident and running panels with most of the cast. Thanks to you both for making me laugh and cry. Aw, thanks, Leanne. You remember Leanne, right? I do. She came She came to Walker Stalker Con on her honeymoon. That's right. Yeah, which I thought was awesome. Okay, a few calls. This is Bex from San Jose. Hey, Jason and Karen. This is Bex from San Jose. And I just wanted to say that so far this season, I am back in love with the show. I mean, I've always loved The Walking Dead, loved it, favorite show. But last season, ah, there were some, there were some misses. And I watched The Well this morning, Happy Halloween, and totally <laughs> in love. It was so well done. 
the interaction between Carol and King Ezekiel, just perfect. Even the music, perfect. And, you know, last episode, um, before this one, was really traumatic, really unpleasant, but it was so beautifully done. It really was. I'm not one to be indigore. I don't like it at all, but it was it was appropriate. Anyway, I'm just really excited that I'm back completely in love with the show. Um, and I just wanted to share the love. Anyway, hope mm-hmm. you guys have a great Halloween. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Bex. Thank you. I haven't Sweet. heard from her in a while. Yeah. Uh, next is Greg from Connecticut. Hey, Jason Karen. This is Greg in Connecticut. Um, with regard to the uh, the latest episode of The Walking Dead, uh, I, yeah, I think that a lot of people will think this, but uh, I think that we really needed an episode like this. Um, after the, the darkest episode that we've had pretty much in the entire the, uh, the, the run of the show, we saw probably the one most filled with hope. You saw what uh, what Alexandria could be uh, if it was thriving and producing, and even though it's got a, even if they have a deal with the saviors, uh, it doesn't matter. You can still do what you got to do, and you can still succeed. Um, I, I really liked Ezekiel. I thought he, he did well. I liked the the pairing of of him and Carol. I thought they they did really really well together, and uh, after an episode that was uh, filled with so much distraught, uh, it was it was really nice to see one that was literally the the, the focus of it was hope and possibility. So I really liked it. I mean, and uh, you know, and even the, the zombies that you saw, and you actually thought that there was a possibility of of seeing somebody get completely wiped out, but. All right, you guys have a good one. Hmm. Look forward to next week. Bye. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, man. Yeah, zombies are pretty awesome, huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like the zombies. I've I've liked the zombie the way they treat the zombies on uh, Fear the Walking Dead better lately because they just seem more like uh-huh. scary. But there were some really creepy ones in this one that yeah, there made were some me good remind ones. me of Romero movies. Cobwebby. Yeah. Okay, this is Karen in Texas. Hey guys, it's Karen in Texas. First of all, I just have to say, when I heard Scott Gimple and Robert Kirkman talking about how this week's episode was actually supposed to be funny, I thought they were full of shit. (laughs) I have to say, I found Uh myself laughing out loud quite a few times at the very beginning, watching Carol's introduction to King Ezekiel. And I really liked how basically we as a viewer we're being introduced to the kingdom just like Carol. We're seeing it from Carol's perspective. She's, you know, been in kind of a haze of violence and is waking up in this strange place just like viewers are after dealing with the shit show that was last week's episode. And, you know, first we're skeptical of Ezekiel. He's got a tiger. What the fuck? Um, (laughs) But I'm really, really excited for this storyline. I just had to call in. I hope you guys are recovering from last week's episode. I had whiskey. It helped. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having some right now. Okay. One more call. This is Lucy from Scotland. Oh, my God. What a massive, big, warm, lovely hug of an episode. I could not stop grinning. 
I don't know if it was Ezekiel or Shiva or my favourite Bob Dylan song sung by an a cappella choir or <laughs> Melissa McBride's amazing acting or Lenny James just being fucking awesome <laughs> or giving a bit of the finger to the fucking saviours with their <laughs> pigs full of zombies. Oh, I don't know. It was just a pretty good episode. And I have to say, I didn't have hugely high expectations, but honestly, this is just wonderful. Um, it it really did nearly take away the sting of not seeing Stephen Yeun's name in the credits anymore. <laughs> but um, I'm super optimistic. I'm, I'm really happy to see where this goes. And... Um, Weirdly, I think Ezekiel translates better on the screen than he did in yep, the comic. Like, you get more of a sense of his kind of personality that's kind of missing from the comic book pages. And I'm just all over Ezekiel slash Carol. I mean, Jason, I called this. <laughs> I did. I told you two months ago that I thought this was going to happen. So if it does happen, I was totally right. So, <laughs> ha. There you go. I don't think you even disagreed with me, but ha. Huh, anyway. Um, excellent. I hope, Karen, I hope that was a good one for you. It because was. to me, that seemed like exactly what was needed after last week. So, yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, I, you know what? If I ever leave the show, I think Lucy should be your co-host. <laughs> she's awesome. I have asked her. Yeah, she she'd be interested in coming in for a guest spot or something yes, but it's tough yes. because she's in scotland in scotland <laughs> right well you don't Maybe mind sometime. doing our you don't mind doing our show at like 3 a.m do you <laughs> all right that's it for listener modes going to grunts thanks so much for all the messages and the calls as usual you guys now it's time for comic talk with mr blog and gracie lou take it away guys hello everybody and welcome to another riveting edition of comic talk this week <laughs> I'm back, Mr. Blog, joined with Grace as always. Grace, how you doing today? Hello, doing great. Doing great. I'm a little uh, more up than last week. <laughs> yeah, I heard you guys. That was, uh, I, I'm really, I'm, I was so bummed that I had to miss that one. I mean, there was so much to talk about uh, that was straight out of the comic. And before we get started, you know, what? I am going to go ahead and clarify one thing. Jason said last week, it's been gnawing at me all week. He said that I idolized Negan. Oh, no, 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 no. I think he's an amazing character, always through the comics, but idolize. Oh, no, I think he's a monster. Always has been, always will be. But he also asked. If... Oh, it seems to me he's earning some trust. Yeah. He just swayed, I mean, saved, there's he no saved way. Dwight. Yeah. There's no way for me to deny it anymore right now. So I hate to say it, I'm folks. with you. Mr. Blogs on the Negan train. Woo woo! Uh, <laughs> the reformed Negan train. The reformed Negan, yes. Hopefully, reformed Negan train. Yeah. He also asked if it will affect how, I, like, what I saw on the TV show this week will affect whether or not I view him differently in the comics in general. No, not at all, because uh, in the comics he was a horrible, horrible monster as well. And and time so does amazing. So you can separate them. Oh, for sure. I mean, time does amazing things to heal. I, I look forward to, and I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say I look forward to the events of the current comic situation with everything involved and how they're going to play that out in the show. I'm, I look forward to the coming evolution and everything that happens in what's coming next, but we're not here to talk about what's coming next. We're here to talk about episode two of season seven, The Well, and how it compares to the comics. 
Yeah, well, we got some things that are pretty similar, and it was kind yeah. of um, between two volumes. The introduction of Ezekiel came out of volume 18, issue 108, and then most of the rest of the similarities came out of volume 19, um, around issue 110, I believe. So, um, I don't know, the kingdom looked great. It looked amazing. Ezekiel I- looked great. They had the buses, the same entry set up. Yeah, uh, with the school, the the same auditorium and the throne, which was which was pretty cool. Though I think we don't see that till a little bit later. Ezekiel, I think, comes to meet them outside. Outside, yeah, and but of course, Ezekiel and Shiva, just in general. Now, I, I think the the TV show is doing a better job of introducing us to the tertiary characters, the secondary character making mm-hmm, up the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I don't. Oh think yeah, we, we ever- met Richard. We met Richard, you know, which He's- but we never really got in depth with any of the characters from the kingdom in the comic. Right. I think we got so much more with Richard, as you just pointed out, Jerry. We all love Jerry. I'm sure mm-hmm. Jason and Karen have already talked about Jerry as well. There's no Jerry in the comic. <laughs> no, there is no Jerry in the comic. And, you know, I, I watched it and I'm thinking, I don't know, are people saying deuces in 2010? I don't think so, but maybe they were. Um, but I love that. And and so we get the introduction. What did you think of Shiva? Um. I feel the same about Shiva as I did yeah. when she was introduced in the comics. I think having a tiger is really stupid. Um, and I, you know, she, I, I never really liked Shiva, but, you know, they well, did a here's, good job of in, interpreting the comic. I'll say well, that. Well, here's, here's something I really loved that the TV show did a better job of than the comic. I hated that we had to wait in the comics for so long to learn about Ezekiel's story, to learn about Shiva's story. And it was so great that we actually got that in this episode. So we didn't waste a whole bunch of time just assuming Ezekiel was insane. True, true. I mean, it was like two issues later, but, you know, of course, that's like two months. Two months, you know. And I remember <laughs> for us, comic we were just like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever, what in the hell is going on? Uh, why is there a tiger in the zombie apocalypse? Mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. it was really nice, though, I thought, to, to get that out of the way as efficiently and uh, effectively as they did on the show. I loved it. Yeah, really they did, did a good job. They did. I, for one, who really hated Shiva at the beginning, who grew to love Shiva uh, mm-hmm. immensely, I, I, I thought they did a great job of the tiger in the show. Like you said, it was so true to the comics. Everything about it. I thought the CGI looked wonderful. My only complaint visually about Ezekiel is that, um, oh, what's his name? Carrie, I don't know. I but, know, um, I'm getting it all wrong. I can't remember actor, his name right now. You don't like that he's not heavier, or what? Well, in a way, uh, actually, I really loved his portrayal, especially when he broke down the the silly speak that you never liked from the comic, the whole uh, medieval yes. speak. And thank God it's only him doing it. It's not like all the people. Everybody, like in the yeah. comic, it's all the people, you know, talking that way. Heavier is part of it. Actually, more he just. And I think he did a great job. I'm not even taking anything away from him, but he looked too young to match those gray dreads. Mm, yeah, I can see that. It, it um, pulled me out of it a little bit because there wasn't I enough gray I do think it was great beard. that they got the, a voice actor, to, though, because he could do the king and then he could, the voice of when yeah. he like shed that um, worked really well. Yeah, he's cyborg in Teen Titans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I heard. Um, I he okay, so job. should we talk about some of the differences or um sure go ahead i mean i you well, are much I, more prepared this week than i as am as far so. as the introduction goes um the main differences 
are that, well, Morgan and Carol are dead in the comics, so they did not show up at the kingdom. It was Rick and Andrea and Carl and, oh, no, no. At first, it was just Jesus and Rick. That's right. And Jesus introduces Rick to Ezekiel. And we get some of the same lines like, um, oh, and I forgot to mention Ezekiel has a tiger. (laughs) We get some (laughs) of the same lines there. um, And then... In the later scenes, it is Michonne that Ezekiel kind of uh, lets his, the facade down and kind of lets Michonne in. Uh, you... He calls her the fair maiden and not not Carol, and it yeah. was her that he meets out in the garden, though under certain different circumstances. Different but. circumstances. Do you think that they're gearing up for an Ezekiel-Carol relationship? I think maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind it, I guess. No, I mean... I don't think it's necessary, but... um, It's interesting. I feel like we have to keep finding, you know, replacements for people who were Michonne's lovers throughout the show, whether it was uh, (laughs) Morgan or Tyrese or now Ezekiel. (laughs) (laughs) Very true, very true. I guess Morgan... But, you know, I liked they kept the whole story about the fact that he was a zookeeper and how Shiva had fallen into the moat and... uh, Injured her leg. and The only uh, difference there... Well, go on. Sounds like you were maybe going to say it. Well, I was just going to say, except in the comic, she did rip his belly kind of open a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) um, Were you going to say something else? No, no. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that in the the comic, yeah, uh, Shiva does attack him and whatever. But it's... I think it's nicer that he didn't, or that she didn't, that there's a little more uh, friendly tiger thing going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you I know, think as, in the in the comic he said that after that, and he, she felt sorry, and you know she never she never, you know, turned a tooth or whatever he said exactly like the the TV show exactly never showed a like tooth that, or yeah. something like that. But um, well, I really yeah. enjoyed it. The only yeah. thing I missed having Carol instead of Michonne at this point, you know, maybe later I'll I'll miss some different things, but at this point is that we don't get the scene where Michonne gets mad at him, pulls out her katana, and then he pulls out his sword. And um, he said, you know, Rick's like, calm down, you know, calm down. He's like, you know, no worries. I simply wanted to see if mine was bigger. Then he said, that may happen. That may happen. (laughs) Um, Oh, maybe. Maybe we'll get that down the line with Michonne, I suppose. I mean, they just haven't met yet. I love that they even got his staff, the, the little emblem on the top of his staff correct it's exactly as it is in the comics and the feathers in his hair they are there the feathers Mm -hmm. are there so uh a lot of the similarities i'd say in this in this episode have more to do with the visuals more than anything else you know and of course Mm -hmm. the introductions uh and the introductions. so that was really nice and the feel totally the kingdom felt right and Mm -hmm. i i think in the show we get a little bit more of the sense of the size of the kingdom than we ever really did in the comic. I mean, yeah, it, it, they spent very, very little time there, and we, yeah, like you we, said, we never really met um, any of the tertiary characters. So, yeah, we, some good stuff. Yes, and and I'm I'm kind of happy to see more of the kingdom than we ever did in the comic. So, mm-hmm. yay to that! I, I'm very pleased to have a new, uh, you know, this new era of The Walking Dead. It really is. That issue 100, Glenn's death was an absolute turning point in this comic, and it. That was, if you recall, really broke up the monotony that had begun to feel like Alexandria. You know, then there was a little buildup going up to that, that we knew something 
big was happening. Something to fear, of course, was the uh, the big deal. Do you remember way back when when we saw the what ended up being being Dwight with the crossbow, but on the cover, when everybody saw the crossbow on the cover, everybody started thinking, oh, Daryl's coming mm-hmm, in in the comic. Mm-hmm. You know, that was I think like that was a big fuck that. you from, <laughs> from Kirkman. I really do as well. So uh, a wonderful thing. I'm really happy to be talking about this in the in the coming coming weeks when we get into this story, because as we know, there's a lot of great stuff, although we probably will have some episodes we're not going to be on when we get to the Tara Heath stuff or whatever else is. Who knows what direction it's going to go, but mm-hmm. uh, I think we do know where it's going to end up, and I'm looking forward Indeed. to it all. So, Grace, anything else you want to say on this before we release the show back to Jason and Karen? I don't think so. All right. And as we release the tiger, roar, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Okay, we're back. Thank you, Mr. Blog and Gracie Lou. Now it's time for next week on The Walking Dead. Next week on The Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 3. The title is The Cell. The well and then the cell. Right, exactly. The description is fairly short. Um, we're not in the kingdom anymore, so nothing good can happen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so why not? Why don't we get back to the kingdom? That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so in my head, as I'm What if I'm they reading- just did a spinoff? called the kingdom and it was guaranteed that nothing bad would ever happen yeah, I would, would love you want it. to oh, podcast yeah. about that show instead hell yeah okay have fun i hope you find a good partner all right i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna read this <laughs> real description okay. and um in my head by the way the benny hill theme is running daryl is taken by negan to the sanctuary home of the saviors meanwhile dwight is sent on a mission to bring back a runaway member of his group and there were two um there's a couple previews that i saw did you see any previews yourself uh i think i'm gonna saw a really short one but i don't really remember it so i think it was at walker stalker so i wasn't paying close attention there was a couple but i saw daryl and daryl in a prison cell not looking happy he's um kneeling with dwight and then you hear you also hear a woman um, who tells him that things can get a lot worse. Yay, that's great. Then there's another <laughs> there's another preview at the sanctuary, and Dwight is looking hard at um, a group of, of Zeds in a training pen, it looked like. It was sort of like a place where you could sort of hone your, your Zed skills, I think. And there's a couple, couple guys running through the training pen. It was hard to tell what exactly was happening. And one of the zombies in particular... Um, is sort of speared down its sort of center, not its head, but maybe its back. And it tries to stand up and then it keeps falling down to its knees. Mm-hmm. And so does maybe is, and Dwight looks at it hard. So maybe Dwight's thinking, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Dwight is thinking, <laughs> but anyway, we'll find out next week. It's enough. Yeah. Just to know that we're going to go find out what happened with Daryl. And I think that's, I'm I'm interested to find out what happened with Daryl. Yeah. It took him away. It's not all sunshine and lollipops, I can tell you that. I guarantee you I will bet anyone any amount of money that if I can put up a stake that Daryl will not get the same treatment as Glenn and Abraham next week. So you don't need to worry about that. Okay. I feel much <laughs> more relaxed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If it if that does happen, I'll be like, oh. Jeez, sorry. I owe everyone a Coke. <laughs> I totally didn't know that would ever happen.
All right, that is our show, episode 238. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. If you want to give us a call, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. Or nobody took me up on my offer last time, but I want to mention again, great way to contact us if you want to call is open up your voice memo app on your iPhone if you have an iPhone and record it into there and then just send it to us because it's super clear. And then if you don't like the way it came out the first time, you can try again. Yeah, and you can uh, you can do that by emailing us at brains at podcastica.com. And you can also find us on the web at podcastica.com or facebook.com slash deadcast. Again, I want to thank everyone who supported us this month on Patreon. I wasn't sure how it would go, and I'm glad that you guys did. And it was so cool to see all the names that came up on there, mostly people that I've known and interacted with, but a couple of people that I hope to get to know. And uh, I just really appreciate it. It makes me feel good to know that you appreciate what we're doing enough to contribute like that. So thank you. Pretty great. Thanks, everybody. I just came home yesterday to the posters that Kirk sent of me and you on our post-apocalyptic rig. And how they look. <laughs> they look they look awesome. All and right. Mailing those out within the next day or so to the people who pledged at the level for those. And uh, you and I need to get together at some point pretty soon and record some messages too for those people. You bet. There's like, I don't know, five or six of them or something like that. Love it. And uh, their live call-in show is this Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific. I'll send out information to Patreon supporters on how to access that. During that call, we'll talk about Walker StalkerCon. We'll take your calls. Well, some behind-the-scenes the information about Walker Stalker. Uh, we can talk more in-depth about Walking Dead or whatever you guys want to talk about. And I will also, on that call, pick the first Walker StalkerCon ticket winter winner. And, but you don't have to be on the call to win. But that's just when we'll Ooh. figure out who gets the first month's Walker Stalker tickets. It's going to be fun. So if you want to get in on that, you can go to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, don't get, get bit. Robin, Robin Cooper, Cooper Simon. Simon. Mr. Blogs on the Negan train. Woo woo. <laughs>